Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side, looking just so good. Mm, mm, grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's. The Monday after Super Bowl 54 PFF forecast, we've got a total recap of the game. Did Andy Reid win it? Did Kyle Shanahan lose it? Look at both quarterbacks, what it means going forward. Uh, is Jimmy G a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? And then, of course, we're going to look ahead to next year's Super Bowl because that's just what we do. Let's rock. All righty. It is the morning after... Uh, we're here in our tiny little hotel room in South Beach. To paint the picture for you, Eric is still wearing the shirt that he wore to the game last night. Uh, Will I ever take it off? I, I don't know. Maybe when you return to the great state of Kansas. <laughs> shall we stay? <laughs> you didn't see uh, our president not know which state uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are in. You should check it out. Uh, I have gotten over a great deal of the sorrow that beset me originally. Um, that was then compounded by the fact that we walked across <laughs> Miami looking for an Uber after the game. Um, but we're going to recap this game a little bit. And uh, let's start here. You have won. Take a victory lap. Well, I, I think we all won, right? The, those of us who said, you know, you need a quarterback of this caliber to win the Super Bowl. Um, that defense ma- certainly can help you not lose a Super Bowl, but you know, ultimately defense is far less important than offense. We saw that last night with the, the Niners put Joey Bo said or uh, Nick Bo said twelve pressures mm-hmm. and ultimately uh the best player in the game was able to overcome that. Um and running backs don't matter. Damien Williams, people want Damien Williams to be the MVP. Uh, you know, fifteen months ago he was like the third string running back behind Kareem Hunt and barely getting carries. So I think it was just a fun, like, example of some of the things we've always said. Um, we Both of us liked Mahomes coming out of the draft. Both of us said, you know, they could go bust, it could go boom. Um, but in the NFL, it's all about boom, right? I mean, like, the, the 49ers had a terrific season this year, and I think five years from now we're not going to remember that team, right? And so you, you, have to, you have to win it when you're there, and it takes that level of quarterback play to do so. Yeah, it was also a pretty big win for Andy Reid. Um, yeah. And I think this is where we should start in recapping this game because we, the two coaches offensively were 1A and 1B, depending on how you wanted to rank them. 
and the way that they the way that they did battle in this game was very interesting. The, there were many decisions that were single decisions on fourth downs, uh, whether or not to call timeouts. And Andy Reid won every single one of those, right? He went for two fourth downs. I was wary of the fact that they had no, you know, real running game and how were they going to convert those plays. And to his credit, they had clearly thought about that yeah. and had plays ready to go to convert, and they converted. The 49ers had a fourth and two. They have the best running game in the NFL, and they don't go for it. They kick a field goal. And then at the end of the first half, you have an opportunity to try and get points. Kyle Shanahan has all his timeouts. He neglects to call one, and then ultimately that doesn't give him enough time to recover from a perfectly thrown ball by Jimmy Garoppolo to George Kittle. The, his well, One of his two great passes of the game that is nullified. And then on the other side of things, well, Andy Reid does... Pat Mahomes' great throw of the game is caught, and that's the difference. Yeah, our colleague Kevin Cole wrote an article this week saying how Andy Reid's conservatism could cost him the game. Um, And I wrote an article this week about how Andy Reid's probably the best play caller play for play uh, in the entire NFL. And strangely, as you tweeted out this morning, the Shanahan was better at calling play for play. I thought he dialed up quite a few good ones. Reid... You know, probably ran a little bit too much on early downs, um, and, and you know his short yardage call play calls were great. Um, but you know, on, on a play for play level, I thought Shanahan bested him. But when it came down to clock management, I think it was more of a negative uh, for Shanahan than a positive for Reed. But fourth down decisions, Reed lapped him, and that and ultimately that was what decided the game. I mean, the, you're going to look back at the score and say it's an 11 point game, but really this game is a one score game, uh, and all of those things. You know, were, were factors uh, in the Niners not being able to pull it out. On early downs, the San Francisco 49ers, on first and second down, the 49ers were better in terms of expected points added per pass play and overall than the Kansas City Chiefs. That should be a the way to win the game, right? You succeed on early downs, and then you don't have to face a ton of third downs, and you're able to score points. But the Niners didn't score points. They kicked field goals. They settled for going into the halftime tied to Pat Mahomes. If you're tied against Pat Mahomes at halftime, you're losing the game. I'm sorry. That's just the only way to put it. And then here's here's the thing. The Niners got really unlucky in this game. Yep. Okay? They had the Kittle pass was a beautiful throw and was a terrible call. Mahomes was fumbled twice in opportunities where they should have picked it up, right? The Bosa strip sack and then the fumble when he slid. Yep. sort of slid but got like totally tattooed on that play yeah. they don't get either of those right there's a play um where frank clark lines up off sides that isn't called there's a, well, a holding call on emmanuel sanders that isn't called um there are chris t- jones is off chris jones is off sides on the third and 14 that grapple ended up having to run i mean you know but again it's it, those things compound but you make you said this last night you make your own luck You make your own luck in the way that, look, you know things are not going to go your way, and you either take advantage of the opportunities where you can have them go your way on fourth downs at the end of the half, or you end up losing, especially when you have, when you're facing, you're not facing Alex Smith, as you said. You're facing Pat Mahomes, and within this game, we saw Pat Mahomes have the bust and the boom, right? He was not good for three quarters. Through three quarters... Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's when you're when when you look back at this game as a Niners fan, the frustration comes from the fact that you caught Mahomes in a bad game. I mean, the throw that he made that was intercepted by Fred Warner was one of was a terrible one. He threw one 
basically was trying to throw in a way that it ended up right in the chest of Quan Alexander, and he drops it. Um, you know, it ultimately, like, that's the thing. And then, you know, the dam breaks, right? So you talk about the Kittle play. Fine. Let, let's call that offensive pass interference. Okay. But if you have the ball at that point in time with, with 50 seconds on the clock instead of 14 seconds on yep. the clock, like, the, the Chiefs defense played really well last night. But they're not a – like, we've said this all year. They're not a defense where I'm going to, like, hang my hat on them, right? So, like, they're gettable. And the, the more opportunities you get, the more that they're going to break. Um, and unfortunately – Part of that is so that was one thing, right? Like the the Niners just took their foot off the gas at the end of the first half. But the other one was they took their foot off the gas in the third and fourth quarter because they were. I was you were sitting right next to me. I was like this. I had my hands like my you face in my hands. Yeah, I had yeah. my face in my hands, just like this game's over. They're getting worked. They can't move the football. All this kind of stuff. And it and it felt like Shanahan saw people look that way and said, "Okay, this one's in the bag. All I have to do is hang on for dear life." And you know. Like you said, Alex Smith isn't on the other side of the field. It's Pat Mahomes. And, and, and you know, the that drive where he made that throw to Hill, right, after dropping back, you know, 10 yards in the pocket, you had a, what, a false start. You had a um, an incomplete pass. You had the throw that was supposed to be a first down to Tyree Kill that he let slip through his hands and gets reversed. And then he still makes, right? Like, the, the, the resiliency there, right? The, the just the, the, what you want in a quarterback is evident. And, and for, I think, the 49ers and Shanahan specifically not to know that that was what they were up against, was, it was the biggest glaring problem in the game. Yeah, I mean, the Niners in the third quarter. So I want to boil this down a little bit more. Did Kyle Shanahan lose this game, or did Andy Reid win it? Well, you saw my reaction to when the game, when, when the game, you found out the game was going to be the Chiefs. And I, I just kind of sat there and like, I, I very much think the Niners lost this game more than the Chiefs won it. And I, and you know, and that sucks, right? In some, in some ways, you know, you, you wanted people to, you know, and, and granted the Chiefs took it when it was available to them, but the Niners made it available to them for many reasons. And, um, yeah, man, I, it sucks. And then we talk about Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G was one for nine for 20 yards and two picks and pressure, right? Mm-hmm. On those clean throws, he was as good as Mahomes was, if not better. He was better and yeah. he, made, he made the throw to Kittle, which was great. I mean, if you call offensive pass interference on that play, you have to call it on Kyle Rudolph against the Saints. You have to call it against basically everybody. And, and so that, to me, especially in a game where they swallowed the whistle on a lot of situations, they were ticky-tack on that one. And then... Um, the throw he made to Kendrick Bourne when they were up three, and it was third and long, and he, I mean, just had to have it, and they, and he did. Like, he made some pretty good throws in this game, um, and, and, you know, his limitations aside, I don't think he was the reason they lost. No, I agree with you. The, it's so hard to say, to say this because I thought that the Niners were really well prepared to win this game, and that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan. Play for play, yes. Right? That is a testament to Kyle Shanahan, and it wasn't as if, you know, it, I've heard some people say, well, he should have run the ball in the, you know, in like the third quarter. And it's like, they, they were passing the ball successfully. I don't know if we are, like, just overlooking that completely. It wasn't until the fourth quarter when all of a sudden, look, the, the hidden thing here was that the Chiefs' offense ran a ton more plays than the Niners'. And so, yeah, that great pass rush that Nick Bosa got, by the time the fourth quarter came around, they were running uh, plays much more quickly, and that defense wasn't able to have as much success. The Niners 
could have changed that narrative by trying to you know have longer drives, but they did try. They were throwing the ball. Yeah. It just didn't quite work out. I'll say this. Think about think about how crazy this is. If if you take the two deep throws that Jimmy G had, the one to Kittle and the one to Sanders, and you just flip which one is the dime, yeah, it, it's a yeah. different ending. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Sanders has two steps, and he just overthrows them by a couple feet. And on that play, Kendrick Bourne was wide open underneath on the, on the crosser. So it's like, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you think about, we talk... People, even people within our own like our own circles, are giving us crap about defense. Doesn't matter. Oh, defense, right? Because the Niners played a really good game defensively. I thought, you know, especially until the dam broke. But you look at what, like, just like you said, if Jimmy G executes the throw to Sanders, we're not talking about the Chiefs' defense only giving up twenty points and being a significant reason why they were able to win the game. Um, if you know. If he chooses to throw the ball, you know, to Kendrick Bourne underneath, it's the same thing, right? If if Mahomes doesn't, you know, execute and bring the Chiefs back and score the first 14 points of the fourth quarter, let alone the last seven, like none of that, none of that matters, right? Again, when offense executes or when offense takes advantage of all four downs, takes advantage of all 60 minutes, defense doesn't really matter that much, and 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 we saw that, you know, last night. I'm gonna stand firm on Andy Reid won this game. Not 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 only because I want to say that yeah. I hate the idea of, of you lost and the other guy didn't win, especially when it's Andy's one win. And I'll say it for this reason. When you the sign of Tiger Woods does this in golf, when you don't have your A game, yep. what do you do to grind it out? To just not accept losing. That is what Andy Reid did in this game. He was not willing to accept losing, even though, look, Eric Fisher was getting worked like a dog, right? Pat Mahomes probably had more negatively graded throws in the first quarter than he had all the playoffs. But he made decisions that said, I'm going to do everything I can to win this game. Now, Kyle Shanahan didn't, but Andy Reid easily could have done that as well, and they wouldn't have won the game. And somehow, sometimes that's how it works, right? This is literally Mahomes. If if Mahomes wouldn't have come back and won this game, it would have been the one bad game he's had in his entire career, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, more or less. And the same thing, right? Like, Reid has been a brilliant coach for years, right? And this is a game where play for play, I don't even think he got best. I think he ran a little bit too much on on early downs, but I also think he didn't want to put the ball in the Niners' hands because they can be explosive. And but you look at the fourth downs. I mean, you think of the fourth downs they had. The first one was a direct snap to Damian Williams. The second one was basically a college speed option to Mahomes on a third and short. After Kelsey screws up a, a, a getting the first down, they put him in the gun and have him run up the middle for. I mean, their short yardage game was terrific. Um, we doubted. We we all had all Sammy Watkins unders. And Sammy Watkins came up big again. They put him in position to succeed. Uh, the, the last Sherman play was brilliant. He got an inside release and then faded away, and Mahomes made a brilliant pass to set up the game-winning touchdown. And so, I don't know, man. I, I think I agree with you. I think it was all about the coaching, and, and Reed won. Shanahan, unfortunately, lost. I want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks now. So let's start with the guy that won the game, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So through three quarters, you're sitting there, right? We've talked all week about how this guy just doesn't have bad games. And he's sucked. Yeah. He's been dog shit. At that moment, are you thinking to yourself, maybe maybe he's not the guy? Like, how, how much confidence have you lost at the end of the third quarter? I mean, 
obviously everybody has a bad game. We were so fortunate. We were in the end zone. All the touchdowns were scored on our end. That's All true. the field goals were scored on the <laughs> other end. So it's sort of like God looking down on us. Um, but the the one touchdown that wasn't scored on our end was the one where he threw it behind Tyreek Hill and it got intercepted. And of course, me as a fan was like, oh, that, that hit the ground, you know, and of yeah. course it wasn't. And when that play happened, I thought to myself, it's like, this is unfortunate, but this is just the one bad game. You know what I'm saying? And and the fact that they came back and won it, I think, should really, I don't, I think it galvanizes the Chiefs, you know, to a certain degree that like this guy can overcome a lot. And I wonder, so like moving forward, it's not going to be as good for him in the sense that they're not going to be able to pay their third receiver sixteen million dollars a year. Um, the offensive line is is probably going to get like Eric Fisher's not getting any better at this mm-hmm. point. Mitchell Schwartz is, you know, eventually going to tail off because he's older. So the things behind, around Mahomes get a little worse, right? Mm-hmm. Does he maintain his ability to be a Super Bowl quarterback? My my guess is yes. All these guys, all these very elite guys get better. Um, but it is a good question to have if you're a Chiefs fan. There's, there's an intangible element of... I, I just never lose faith that Patrick Mahomes has. And I am coming out of this game, I think it's easy from a mathematical perspective to say that was not a very good game and I may be a little less bullish on Patrick Mahomes going forward. I would flip it the other way. He targeted Richard Sherman five times, completed all, all five, five passes yeah. for 72 yards. That Richard Sherman hasn't given up five receptions all season. Okay? Has not had a single game where he has get, has been targeted five or more times and allowed all of them to be caught. The fearlessness that he has is just unique. And I I think that data point puts a little bit of something to it. The fact that he was under siege all game from Nick Bosa and was still able to have this kind of miraculous play under pressure, which isn't stable, but we know how good he is from a clean pocket, right? Those intangible elements are just something that you can't find anywhere else. And for that reason, despite the fact that he'll be losing guys, that Andy Reid's saying, right? Yep. The fact that they have drafted fast players that can seemingly get open in the in the blink of an eye at all times, I would be very worried if I'm an AFC team, how I'm going to compete with them. And aside from the Ravens, I'm not sure there's a team out there that I feel particularly worried. I mean, about. do you can you see anybody in the AFC West beating them for no. the next ten? I mean, Anthony Lynn got a contract extension. Denver's quarterback is Drew Locke. Their head coach is Vic Fangio. Hey, I like Vic. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, and they, and they actually came on at the end of the season. Uh, and then obviously the Las Vegas Raiders, unless they get Tom Brady, uh, it'll be it'll be tough for them. I I agree with you. And well, the thing, I an interesting Tom Brady. The, the thing that you the thing that you brought up about Sherman was excellent because there weren't the Chiefs didn't get one on one matchups in this game. No. The the Niners did a really good job of playing zone and pressuring with four. Just the the blueprint. I mean, it was there. Rush with four, cover with seven, and and make Mahomes make perfect throws. Robert Sala, <laughs> what yeah. came got his guys ready to go. And, and 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 the one time he gets he gets you know he gets Sammy on that one on one on the outside, and it's you know or you know I, I thought another big play was you know when. Um, Emmanuel Mosley play, was playing off of uh, off of Hill, you know, a significant part in the second half, and Mahomes just 
just took what he didn't he didn't you know panic. He just took what the defense gave him. You know Hill had three catches for thirty three yards and three targets against uh, Mosley. That was you know again he we picked his spots pretty well and then ultimately like they got in the red zone and they schemed up stuff against you know uh, goal line and red zone defense that was really helpful. But you're right. I mean there's. You look at this, and the Chiefs were much more talented defensively in the one-on-one matchups, and the Niners avoided one-on-one matchups really well. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't—it uh, just wasn't to be. And and on the other side, the Chiefs sort of did the same thing. I tweeted this out, and it wasn't factually—it tr- wasn't you know exactly true. But I said to, I said to you you know on the ride home, and I also you know on Twitter, I was like. I didn't notice a Chiefs linebacker look like crap in coverage the whole game, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that was something when you look at them, um, when you looked at them, you know, during the regular season and some of their bad losses, that was something that was ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. And so there weren't those easy plays for Garoppolo to make. There weren't those um, just sort of busted coverages that we saw under Bob Sutton. And yet... Garoppolo made his fair share of throws, especially in the first three quarters. I think he only had two incompletions going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think people are going to give Jimmy G a lot of flack for this game. But, you know, I think, especially in the intermediate, he was 5 for 6 for 87 yards between 10 and 19 yards in the middle of the field. Especially in the intermediate part of the game, I thought he looked fine. I thought he, I thought he played well, 9 yards per pass attempt from a clean pocket through only three incompletions. I, I thought it was unacceptable... So we're going to talk about Jimmy G here in a second. I, I thought it was unacceptable that they didn't leverage Kittle more. Like, in this game, George Kittle needs more than five targets. Well, especially because... Tyreek Hill was targeted how many times? Fifteen freaking times? <laughs> yeah. They threw the ball to Tyreek Hill every, every other play. George Kittle is the highest-graded player in the NFL this season and gets five targets. And, I mean, you know, he two of them were against Reggie Ragland, who had no no shot. They didn't even put Tyron Matthew on George Kittle. Well, that was what I was going to say. Like, when we were watching the game, because I was, you know, the Sorensen was in coverage on Kittle on the pass interference. I yeah. said, why is Daniel Sorensen in deep coverage against George Kittle? Like, we all thought, and we were wrong, that Matthew was going to match up against Kittle. And Matthew more or less played a deep safety kind of like Harrison Smith sort of robber role the whole game. And they trusted their zone, whomever was whoever match, happened to be lined up against Kittle to to man up against him. Well, and, and the Niners, to your point, did not take advantage of it. So I wonder. This is an interesting question. We someone brought up this point that Andy Reid made better in game adjustments than Kyle Shanahan, which I think is a little bit of a misnomer because I just do think the number of plays that the offense ran contributed to that. But they did go up tempo. In the second half, which was definitely... Oh, no, no, the fourth quarter. In the Sorry. third quarter, they they, they messed yes. around too much time-wise. Sorry, well. in yeah. the fourth quarter. And that was very useful, right? Yeah. But think about the Niners prepping for this game, going, okay, Tyron Matthews is going to be on you, George Kittle. You are a decoy. Yeah. And then going into the game, and you prep for this this whole time, if you haven't prepped for the other option, yeah. it could really throw you off. I wonder if that was a scenario. But it's just inexcusable to me that you have... George Kittle get five targets, and you have Kyle Juszczyk get three, Kendrick Bourne get four. Like, George Kittle deserves – Debo Samuel had eight. I mean, Debo Samuel was their offense. George Kittle has to be heavily targeted in this game. He's your best player. Like, you have to leverage that. Well, and and he made on that – so the Niners got stopped four times in the second half, I believe. The first one – was after getting a five-yard run, and one of the best ca- the best catch of the game was Kittle sliding and ca- you know, yep. picking that ball off the ground, and 
like we were looking at bets before the game, Kelsey more yards than Kittle, and I thought the only way that that cashes is if, is if Kelsey has a great game, and he didn't, and it was mostly because they didn't throw the ball enough to George Kittle. I agree with you. I think like you come out of the you come in, come into the game plan and say, okay, we're gonna we're going to use up the Chiefs' best defensive player on our best offensive player, and we're going to make everybody else beat the Chiefs. And you know, and we've given them a lot of flack in the secondary, but to their point, they were pretty good in coverage at the cornerback position. They, they did. They they did not. Well, here's the thing: they they didn't get beat more than a couple times, yeah. and. The one play that Garoppolo delivered was a terrible call. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just say, like, that was a horrible yeah. call. You have to call that 20 times in a game if you're going to call that OPI on the Kittle throw. And then on the Sanders throw, like, he's two feet too long, and that's... But that's, that's the, the difference between... That's the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like the, the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo is... If you if you play a perfect game, you can beat him. If you don't, he's going to find the one imperfection. Whereas with Garoppolo, the the probability that he finds the imperfections and delivers on them is not one. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's that's the tricky part about trying to win a Super Bowl with a guy like Jimmy G. You can, and, and certainly against if the if the Chiefs if the if you shuffle the deck a little bit, yeah, if they pick up one fumble, yeah, yeah, or or if he hits the if he hits the Sanders throw, right? Yeah. How, he hit the Sanders throw against the Rams. He didn't hit the Sanders throw against the yeah. Chiefs. I mean, it's a it, you know, and, and Mahomes hits that throw every single time. That's the difference between those two guys. Well, and and I'll say this: play out of structure is not stable, yeah. but Patrick Mahomes is capable of making incredible plays out of structure. Jimmy G, just that's not his thing. Yep. He makes him out of structure in the sense that, like, he'll get a quick release throw off on third down, you know, with mm-hmm. guys in his face, and he did make a couple of those. Um, but Patrick Mahomes' ability, I mean, Nick Bosa was in his face the entire game. And the fact that he stayed alive on that Tyreek Hill throw, I thought there was no way that yeah. he's in the backfield for 10 seconds. He kept backing up for the first five seconds of his drop and then makes that play to Hill. That's the type of play that is the. As you said, that is the reason that you get rid of Alex Smith. That's the reason you go to Patrick Mahomes. There's no way Alex Smith is ever making that play. There's no way Jimmy Garoppolo is ever making that play. And Pat Mahomes did. So that leads me to the next question, which is, can you win a Super Bowl with your boy Jimmy G? I think I think yesterday demonstrates that, of course you can, right? <laughs> you play one more good quarter and you're there. Now... Do you want to make that bet over and over and over again is the real question, right? right? Because, you know, when we talked about this game on our podcast, we said, you know, we said, what's, which game, who's more pressure? What What's more pressure on which team in this game, yeah. right? The Chiefs, by all accounts, will probably be back at some point. The Niners, it's a lot less clear, right? Because the the stuff that they were good at this season was unstable. You had a I, their schedule wasn't easy, but early in the season was easy. the The quarterback played pretty well. The defense played remarkably at times, right? And those things ne- aren't necessarily the most stable things in the world. So you go, sort of have to cash in when you have that opportunity. Um, but the thing I want to ask you, and again, this is coming from being a Chiefs fan with Alex Smith, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years. I thought one of the things that Andy Reid did brilliantly, and some of it was luck. We talked about the Paxton Lynch <laughs> almost draft pick a couple years ago. This season is not the season to replace Garoppolo. The, you're, you don't have – people are talking about Jordan Love. People are talking about Stop. Justin Herbert. Stop it. The thing that Andy Reid did – 
that was amazing. These are the same people who want to fire Kasha right. last year. Yeah, the thing that Andy Reid did that was amazing was he waited out Alex Smith until he found the one quarterback that he wanted. Right, and in my opinion, Garoppolo is good enough to where you do not just you don't trade up for Tua at two. You don't you know you don't do any of these stupid things. You let you you try to figure out a way to win with him again. Right, and then when you know when when the iron you know when the iron's hot strike, but but right now, for better or worse, Jimmy G's the quarterback of the 49ers, and they'll be a contender. I I think I I need to make a point here. How many full seasons has Jimmy Garoppolo played quarterback in the NFL? Exactly one. One. Yeah. If he were a f- I, and now he's not a rookie, certainly, but I'm just saying, like, if this were the first year of a 24 year old quarterback. Yep. People would be jizzing themselves about how awesome, you know, these guys, it's like the Oklahoma City Thunder. These guys have been back every other year. Now, the point is, with the Oklahoma City Thunder thing is, that just doesn't happen. Like, it's really hard to make it back to the Super Bowl, and it'll be hard to make it back to the playoffs because the NFC is that good. Now, I do, First place schedule, yada, First yada, place yada. schedule, but I do think, and I do think they have the benefit of both the Seahawks and the Rams probably not being, you know, that good that great, right? They have a much better team, I think, than both of those teams. But there is no way in hell that you punt on Jimmy Garoppolo after he outplayed Patrick Mahomes for three quarters, got incredibly unlucky, had a coach bail on him at the end of the first half, and was still two feet away from delivering a victory, right? First off, in a stadium that was, what, 70% Chiefs fans? I mean, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't understand. He averaged 10 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. Like, the guy was delivering throws. Well, and not only that, but his contract, you know, at the time was considered heavy. But I think it's reasonable now, especially with the new CBA coming in. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he, he'll, he'll be fine. The, the, issue with, the issue with the 49ers is they have to sort of sew up some of the things that Shanahan screws up, which is paying running backs too much money, right? Well, Jarek McKinnon <laughs> from the grave. From the grave. Um and and the the two minute stuff like this isn't something that's been new against the Falcons in what week fifteen they kicked a field goal instead of going for a fourth and one and they lost that game outright you know um, I'm trying to think of the other but he's not been this is this is sort of the norm for him to some degree there was another game uh, Bill Barnwell tweeted out or something like that where he again took the foot off the pedal at the end of the half and it sort of I don't think it came back to bite him but it was sort of remin- you know reminiscent mm-hmm. of yesterday um, so. So if those two grow together, I mean, we're talking, again, like three years ago in the playoffs, Andy Reid, you know, had, you know, one of the worst, like they were down two touchdowns and they decided to take an eight minute touchdown drive to cut it to one touchdown. Like none of these men are perfect and they get better. Um, I think, you know, as you said, the the youth of Garoppolo uh, from a playing perspective, but also just Shanahan, again, having probably two of the worst beats in the Super Bowl uh, over the past probably 20 years. uh, I think the learning experience, you know, could could help them and and as you said I think in the NFC West we've said this every year and we always end up wrong but Seattle I think is going to regress at some point and the Los Angeles Rams are in a far uh, dire state than the San Francisco 49ers yeah I, I totally agree I, so here I mean would you rather have Jared Goff or Jimmy G no Jimmy G yeah I, but, but, right I mean this is the, the, especially the, at the price the fact that people are losing their minds about um, you know whether they should replace Jimmy G is ludicrous the only thing I'll accept 
is people contemplating Tom Brady to San Francisco. <laughs> because we've heard that if Tom Brady's willing to go to Las Vegas, he sure as hell is willing to go to San Francisco. Yeah, of course. Now, if Jimmy G had really pooped himself in this game, I think you'd hear, I think that would be a possibility. It's not a possibility. But I'm not entertaining. You cannot come at me and say, hey, take this mid-tier rookie quarterback and replace Jimmy Garoppolo, who played well enough to get you to the Super Bowl this year. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the guy is... The guy is a good quarterback. He ranked, he was the eighth highest graded quarterback in the NFL once Emmanuel Sanders came around. And he kind of got, and that was against much harder competition. Right. Their second half of the season schedule was pretty fierce. And um, and he delivered, you know, and, and he played very well against the 49ers in Week 17. They even put them in this position because yeah. they're not in the Super Bowl if they don't get a first round bye. And, and I'll, I'll close it out with this on Jimmy G. We had the pleasure of talking to Mike Shanahan. By the way, is an absolute. He's a mensch, yeah. Dude is a G, and um, I asked him. I said, you know, what what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo? And he said, look, when he was injured, he spent four to five hours a day with me, watching film, going over the run installations, the pass protection installations, learning defenses, all of this stuff. The guy, the guy is not here just to take his paycheck. And, and cash it in. Like, he really wants to win. And I think we saw that this year with, you know, some good and bad results, right? Like, he'll take some throws that you probably don't want him to take. Yep. But at least he's not coming out there with Kirk Cousins, you know, type of tributes where you're like, okay, this guy gives us no shot. So if Mike Shanahan's going to sign off on him, I think the rest of the uh, 49ers fan base, who probably knows a little bit less about football than Mike Shanahan, should probably sign off on it. That's just my thought. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, th- this is a great, you know, looking back on it, obviously um, both of us would have wanted our team to win, and I think both of us sort of had that. Um, uh, you were far probably more skeptical than Niners in the third quarter than I was, having thought oh the God. game was over. I did not think it was anywhere near <laughs> over. But it, it, it's cool that, you know. I, I had watched the end of the first half. I know. So I had that. And this was funny. When, when uh, Shanahan kicked on fourth and two, I'm losing yeah, my yeah. mind. You, I, I spit out every curse word I knew. Here, here's the best part of it. Here's the best part. I think there, there are three parts of the game that I thought was hilarious. A, the people behind me offering to buy me a beer if I sat down. Yep. And you be you getting livid at that fact. And Who sits down at the fucking Super Bowl. Bowl. I, and then the best part was during a third and long, people decided to go back to their seat and the people in front of us had to stand up. Yep. And you lost it. But then there was a great one. The the first Chiefs touchdown on fourth and one, Andy Reid set out the field goal team during the TV timeout. And I just let stadium's pretty silent. I let out a what the fuck, you know. And then of course Reed, to his you know, uh, to his credit, brought out the the, the the offense and and converted. And then and then yes, that fourth and two, I thought like and again this is only to go up three. Like this is you could have buried the cheat. You could have about fourteen. Um, and and uh, Shanahan decided that three points was enough, and it ultimately wasn't. So. I don't know. It was a fun. It was it was a fun ride. Both of these teams are good. Both of these teams are fun to watch all year. Um, it was good again to be wrong about some stuff. It was good to it was, it was good to be right about some stuff. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for what the future is for both of these teams. I mean, the future for both these teams is interesting. I I do believe that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are on the same page. And I'm really, I would love to know what their conversation is like this week 
because there is footage of John Lynch in the box saying, call yeah. a timeout. Yeah. And if you're, so I would think, think of this as just like you and I, right? In any working relationship. Yep. If I fuck up, right, and I don't do something, and you're sitting there saying, I think you should have done this, and you don't bring it up to me, right? Like you're hurting my ability to do my job and vice versa. Yep. So I would expect that John Lynch brings this up with Kyle Shanahan and they talk about it and he doesn't do this again. If not, then it's a real red flag. And like, you know, I really wonder how that conversation will go because I believe they're tied at the hip. But if you have video of yeah. John Lynch saying call timeout and they don't have a conversation about it, things could go south, which would worry me. Yeah, it, yes. And and again, all that has to be hashed out. You wonder if... so. The, you you wonder about who whose decision it was to acquire Garoppolo, right? So then you know you you wonder if it becomes toxic and the back and forth happens, which is like, well, I don't trust the quarterback you gave me or something like right. that, or if it's just one of those learning experiences type of thing. Um, Kirk the, Cousins might be available soon. Kirk Cousins might be available. Well, look, uh, <laughs> Cousins was going to be available if he didn't get franchise tag. That's why they didn't consider Mahomes. Right, right. It's like stop. <laughs> um, but it, it was it, it's a lot of. It's a lot of fun just to watch Kansas City in the sense that it's exactly what we think about the QB position. You know, when you look at um, uh, we and we talked about this on our uh, on our pod all week. By the time it got to day fourteen of Super Bowl prep, right, every single person we we respected picked the Niners, and it was because if you dig deep into the game, you can find edges, right. Kyle Juszczyk against linebackers and safeties of the Kansas City Chiefs was an edge for the 49ers. Uh, the trenches were was an edge for the 49ers on both sides of the ball. Um, uh, you know, all over the place. And and the first the, the Monday of the day after the conference championship game was the was the reason, right? The right. first the first variable ended up being the reason. No, it was, it's cool to see. Uh, you guys are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Unsurprisingly, looks like the Niners and the Ravens are the two are tied with the the two second most likely teams to win. Um, I agree with those. You can let Neil go. Yeah, bang himself in the morning. <laughs> um, which team? I, so I assume you agree that the Chiefs should be the favorite next year. Sure, I, the Ravens are a, are a force, and and honestly, so you we think all... it would go Chiefs, Ravens, and not the Niners tied with the Ravens. Uh, well, no. I mean, by def- like, I think the Niners are uh, unequivocally the best team in the NFC. So, like, just probabilistically, the you know the the cannibalization of yeah, the, yeah. the Chiefs and the and the uh, Ravens in the NFC or AFC, sorry, would make the Niners at least at par with them. Just probabilistically, the only issue is the Niners are a traditional regression candidate. You know, you have a ten to nineteen quarterback, yeah. really good defense, and uh, you know a wonderkin head coach who may or may not be as in like it's the Rams you know and, and of course we said you know Shanahan's probably as good if not better than McVay oh, so Garoppolo there's Shanahan's better than McVay Garoppolo's better than than Goff and so so it's the regression might not be as yeah. fierce but it, it could be and, and it's difficult with a quarterback like Garoppolo if you don't have a one or two seed to go all the way through the playoffs yeah it's really interesting because you could say the AFC is so much weaker yep. overall but there's the, at the top, they have a better rival, right? Yeah. The Niners, the NFC is so much deeper. But who's like the second best team in the NFC? Like 
I mean, forgive me for bringing up the fucking Packers in this podcast, <laughs> but like, you know, it's not the Packers. No. Uh, the Saints, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, they didn't even make it past the, the first round. So. If I were handica- if I were handicapping the NFC North, for example, I would make the Bears, Packers, and the Vikings equally favored. And then I would, more or less, the Saints, we don't even know who the Saints quarterback is going to be. Uh, and in, and the NFC East, we're not sure if Dak's going to show up to training camp. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the Niners, you should consider next season next season's NFC yours. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, it, it's. It, but I do think as far as being favored, none of those teams at the top have value right now in yeah. terms of a betting perspective. But um, but I do think they're equally uh, ordered. I well would, ordered. Sorry. I would love. Uh, I would love for Tampa Bay Super Bowl to run this one back. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I don't say that very often, but I'd take a repeat. All right, we'll be uh, we flying back to Cincinnati tomorrow, and uh, thank you guys for a great season. We'll be talking some draft on Thursday. See you guys. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.